Hi, welcome to season two of Motivated Minutes with Meg. I am so happy that you're here. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year. I am so excited for our first episode of 2024. I have been doing lots of research into all of the wellness trends for 2024 and things that we can look forward to, watch out for, and try. And so today I'm going to bring you 10 wellness trends that are coming in 2024 based on predictions from TikTok, Pinterest, um, and things that experts have, um, have seen coming. And some of them surprised me. Some of them did not surprise me. They were some of my own predictions as well. Um, And I'm really excited to dive in. So let's jump in. The first one that I wanted to start with is, of course, nutrition, since that's one of my biggest passions. And that is well-rounded diets. And this is something that I am so happy about because I think that we have been labeling and dieting in our culture for far too long. And I really hope that this is the beginning of a new way of enjoying our food and taking care of our bodies that is the opposite of restrictive, but also not overindulging and just a really healthy, balanced way of eating and living. So you're going to see this move away from rigid, rigorous diets like intermittent fasting and keto, and you're going to see um, you know, people not want to count calories any, anymore and they just really want to learn how to eat just a well-rounded, balanced diet. And you're going to see a move towards, I think, plant forward, like think the Mediterranean diet where there's lots of, you know, fruits and vegetables and, um, you know, whole grains, olive oil and fish. Um, and I think that we're really going to appreciate this move towards whole foods even more. And I'm really excited about that. So, you know, when I say plant forward, I say that because I don't think that everybody is able to eat 100% plant-based. And I don't think that you there's that there's only one way to eat, right? Everybody is different. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I think when we think about plant forward meaning like we are eating an abundance of healthy whole foods that come from the ground, come from the earth. And if we're, you know, we're wanting to incorporate fish or chicken or whatever our body loves as far as protein, that we're doing that as well, but we're not doing it in excess. And we're also being mindful about how we can get protein um, from plant sources as well. But I'm going to get to that because that actually is another trend. Um, so that's number one, well-rounded diets. The second thing that you can watch out for is group exercise and specifically badminton, which I'm really excited about. So a couple years ago, one of the trends was pickleball. And this is these are both low-impact and highly social um group exercise really and I think that with that kind of fun feeling and community and being around others it may it makes exercise something that's enjoyable for a lot of people and it's a social activity um I've been binge watching the Gilded Age over the break and oh my gosh I'm in love with the show my sister told me about it when we were hanging out at Christmas and she goes have you seen the Gilded Age and I said no um she goes you have to watch it and I'm completely obsessed I love it so much and this is I mean these types of games where um the people would get together and play just for enjoyment it was social I think that we're gonna see a lot more of that plus the good thing about badminton is you can order 
um, a little set to be in your backyard and then invite a bunch of friends over and have like this like really fun social but also like you know exercise experience Um, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that a lot more of like social group exercise but in the fun of like social fun so like a group hike um, a badminton party um, going to you know the gym or a facility that has pickleball or badminton and playing together I think we're going to see a lot of that in 2024. Uh, So the third thing slow travel. <laughs> when I read about this, I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. What is that? And I started to read. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. In a post-pandemic world, you know, after all of us have been through so much together in the last three years, our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health has just really, really been um, challenged. And so slow travel is this idea of kind of laid back experiences, think meditation retreats, yoga retreats, um, you know, having uh, itinerary that's very flexible, kind of, I think we're going to see a lot of hotels and resorts um, offer experiences for relaxation and, um, you know, just, just a feel good, relaxed, slow experience. And I think that that's going to be really, really cool because for me, that's definitely how I like to travel already. I'm like, oh, the fourth one, digital detox. So I thought that these stats were absolutely like mind boggling. Um, So they've been tracking people since 2018 and the average person spends 10 hours and 39 minutes on their phone. It's so many hours. Like I think about my husband, I'm like, he's not the average person. <laughs> but but how many hours does he spend on his phone? I mean, we could look, we could look and see. I know a lot of us, I took a huge break off of my phone this last week and did it kind of without thinking about it. I just didn't want to create anything for a week. I wanted to give my mind a break. I wanted to give my creative juices just like a moment to rest and recharge. And that's the longest break that I've taken from my phone. And I, it was really nice. It was really nice. But a digital detox doesn't have to be like a week-long break off of social media. I mean, we use our phones for so much. Like I'm sure that's including, you know, um, looking at, oh, how many steps did we do? Or uh, getting the news, getting on social and being social, like listening to music, researching stuff. I mean, most of the research I did for this podcast was from my phone. I was like, you know, reading and a lot of us have, have reading apps on our phones. We're listening to podcasts. Like there's so much that we use our phone for. So we have to consider that. Also, a digital detox just can look like setting boundaries. So I think a lot of us are aware that we are on our phones way too much and we're starting to get burnt out. And so I think, you know, creating nighttime routines or just boundaries around how often we're going to use our phone or how we're using our phone, how we're misusing our phone. So I think we're definitely going to see content created around that and also just, um, you know, different articles and and people talking about just really having a healthy relationship with our phone. The fifth thing is exciting because I don't really drink alcohol, and that's more mocktails. So everyone has been aware that, you know, there's been kind of a sober curious movement happening for a while now, and I think we're going to see even more people give up alcohol and um, or at least replace a lot of their, like, you know, nightly drinks with mocktails, fun drinks with, you know, the whole thing, the umbrella, like mixing it, you know, making it really fun and festive. 
um, and enjoying that, but replacing the habit of alcohol with something that's non-alcoholic. Um, you know, this is because it's good for our health, our liver, um, it reduces your, uh, um, what's it called, risk of heart disease. Uh, and you just feel better because at the end of the day, we all want to feel good. We all want to like live our life. Um, so if we can feel festive and we can replace that maybe not so great habit with something else, um, that, you know, that we might feel better. So that's something that we're going to see. I think we're going to see a lot of recipe reels for mocktails. <laughs> um, so the sixth thing is plants. So, um, hashtag the hashtag plant-based, um, got, uh, it like got over 1 billion views on TikTok. That's what they they found. And I think that's really interesting. It's not surprising. I mean, I got into plant-based nutrition a very long time ago, like back in 2006. So before social media, before, um, you know, there was really like an online community at all, I, I was into that because I had a health scare and I was living in San Francisco at the time and I had access to... Uh, restaurants that were that were vegan and that were plant-based and um, I had a little community there like at the yoga studio people who had been vegetarian for years and were really into plant-based nutrition and that wasn't really even a term yet I think we were really still using the label vegan and the thing about what a lot of people don't get so plant-based let's just talk about this for a minute plant-based versus vegan like what's the difference well vegan vegan the vegan community people who are vegan and the whole idea of vegan is very ethical. So it's not wanting to harm animals for food. Um, I think plant-based comes from more of a, of your nutrition and also sustainability. Um, vegans care about sustainability as well. And, and these can cross people with their viewpoints and feelings. It can cross over, right? But um, when we're saying, you know, plant-based, we're really talking about like the nutrition in the food, um, eating for more sustainability for our earth, things like that. So, you know, somebody who is eating plant-based, maybe it, they're not necessarily vegan. Like people who are vegan, strict vegans, they don't own leather. They don't purchase things that's all cruelty-free. Like they're very aware of how they're spending their money and they're not, you know, partaking in any use of animals at all. And that's fine. That's how people want to live. I think pe people are different and people choose different things and how they want to live their life. I'm just explaining what it is. And then plant-based is talking much more about the food, sustainability, plant-based nutrition, things like that. So um, to, just to clarify, there is a difference. And I think that's important to say because maybe you have never, you know, heard about the difference or known any of the differences. And um, so that's the difference between the two. And I think that we're going to see even more plant-based recipes. I know I'm going to be share, continuing to share plant-based recipes on my Instagram page and in my blog posts and things like that. Um, but the great thing about plant-based nutrition is that, like I said, it does provide us with a focus on getting um, really important macro micronutrients like from the ground, like from our food. Um, it's a very holistic way to eat. And then there's there's flexibility in there for you. If you feel like you need to eat a little bit of fish or you feel really good when you incorporating eggs, like you can still eat plant-based, plant-forward and create a well-rounded diet. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot of talk about plants in the new year. 
The seventh one is sustainability, and I've kind of touched on that already, but there is this very big movement, and we will see this trend continue into 2024, for sustainability like regenerative agriculture where um, you know farmers are planning and letting the cows graze in certain areas and letting the animals um, you know, really kind of going back to how can we farm in a way that's sustainable, that's not like hurting the earth, and that's very holistic. So we're going to see um, that. We're going to see uncycled ingredients and, and you know, the hashtag food waste got a ton, like billions of views. Um, what is the show that I watch on Instagram? Scrappy Kitchen. I think that's what it's called. And uh, she's like this plant-based um, content creator and recipe developer and um she she always says that she's like the scrappy kitchen she's so cute she's from Canada I cannot remember her name but she and other content creators have been showing us how to um use you know lower food waste and use all parts of what we're cooking with and all parts of the plant. She's plant-based, so all of her recipes are plant-based. But um, I think that that's, we're going to see that. I think we're going to see that even bleed over into like the fashion industry. I know I was I was organizing over the break and I was kind of feeling like, wow, I have so many like great pieces of clothing. And I just really feel like this pull to wear what I have and like make new outfits out of what I have and kind of like just not shop in the new year and like for me to say that like I love to shop it you know I and I I kind of took a break from shopping like after I had kids I didn't get out very much by myself and like you know we all know when we try to go shopping with children if you're a mom you know but um I just think like how cool would it be if we really just tried to in these small ways become more sustainable you know choosing glass over plastic using um, not using like plastic as much, not just even for the hormone health of it, because plastic isn't great for our hormones, but just like for the earth, you know, how can we reduce landfill waste? Like how, what can we do all of us in our own way, in our own small way at home and with how we're living our life to become more sustainable? Like let's take care of the earth. So I think we're going to see lots of content around that, lots of articles around that, lots of studies around that, and a lot of people talking about sustainability in all ways um, in 2024. And I'm excited for that. The eighth thing is knockout workouts like boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu, karate. These are all excellent forms um, of cardio and just full body workout. And they're so much fun. I know I, I never went to a studio or a gym that did it, but I did it here at home. And it actually helped me get in shape after I had my kids both times. But I just think, you know, that's a it's a really great stress reliever too. It's a different way to move your body. It's a way that we don't typically move our body like in our natural like life and so I think that when we can um, mix things up and make it fun and you know get some really great cardio in there that's that's fun and that moves our body in a way um, that's really really going to take off so that's a trend that they're predicting Um, so number nine is protein and I could have talked about this at the beginning when I talked about a well-rounded diet but it's it's different because it's not what you think so we all there's been an upper eyes and an uptick in the talk about protein, posting about protein, content around protein, 
women my age, I'm in my 40s, I just turned 44 in December, women my age are worried they're not getting enough protein, our hormones are changing, and everyone's talking about just eat more protein, just focus on protein, just eat more protein. And so we have almost this excessive like focus on protein and other macros are getting like pushed aside for the sake of protein, whether people are trying to lose weight, whether people are worried about their bone health, where people are just, you know, like wanting to fix their metabolism. And we can't forget about fiber because fiber is what feeds our gut biome. And if you've listened to um, my episode in season one with Dr. B, where we talked all about gut health, if you haven't, go back and listen to that. He's incredible. And while I don't follow like his plan completely because I cannot eat soy, um, getting plant foods and a variety of them into your diet is super important because not only do plant foods, they do contain protein and your body is really smart. Like it can put different amino acids from different plant foods just together, even if you don't eat it at the same time. Like that's that's a myth that's been debunked like from the 80s or whatever, 70s. Your body can, you, it knows what to do. It's smart. Um, and I've been eating plant-based for, I don't even know, 20 years? No. I'm not that old, not 20 years, I think 18 years. Okay, so around then, I've been eating plant-based for a long time. And I have had moments where I've added in eggs and chicken and fish and, and even yogurt. Um, but I don't, I don't think I do really well with dairy. Like I, I, I did include those things while I was pregnant. Um, I get hyperemesis and so it's really hard for me to eat. And so I have to choose like high calorie, really dense nutrition and it all comes back up. But it's in there for a little bit. Um, and my kids are healthy. They're fine. And I've had different points in my life where I've, you know, I'm very intuitive. And I think that it's important for us to be intuitive and not be rigid, which is why I'm like super excited about this whole movement towards a well-rounded diet and well-rounded nutrition. But back to the protein. So I was reading um, about, you know, these dietitians were having a discussion and this one dietitian was talking about how she she knows that the older population, they do need more protein. Um, they, they There is a protein gap for them because they're just not eating as much as they used to when they were younger. And I'm talking the older population, like 70 plus. Um, however, for women in their 50s, 40s, 30s who are going through hormonal changes because of, you know, pregnancies, postpartum, um, perimenopause, maybe menopause, I think that we tend to think that the answer must be more protein. And I mean, I've seen this as well. And I've I've also felt victim to this where I'm like reading and every article I'm reading about perimenopause, which is what I'm going through right now, I think. At least that's what my doctor told me. I told her all these things I was kind of going through and she's like oh yeah probably the beginning stages but you know you live a healthy lifestyle like you'll probably be fine and I'm like oh, okay um interesting all right so now is this something I have to worry about and then we stress about it and the stress is actually what can cause a lot of our symptoms that we're having or make them worse um you know so just keep in mind that you really have to have fiber in there as well and I think we're gonna see um a lot of talk about plant protein. So it's not just protein, 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 but we're going to have people talking about plant protein because, and I'm going to be one of those people, because plant protein also has fiber. And so how can we get a balance of everything that we need? How can we make sure that we're not just eating one macronutrient and letting go of, you know, our focus on fiber, which has been a big trend this past year and the past couple of years is gut health, um, which is important and important to continue to have 
have, you know, we need to make sure that we are eating fiber. We are eating our our plant protein, right? The legumes, the nuts, the seeds, beans, if you can handle it. So I'm very sensitive to the FODMAPs. I, I This might be TMI, but I'm just going to talk about it because maybe you're dealing with it too. And I can do a whole episode on it. I struggled with IBS like basically my whole life. And so when I am stressed out or I have too much FODMAP foods, I get really backed up and my digestion slows down. It feels like it basically stops. Like it's like not good. And the reason why I got into holistic nutrition, the reason why I love wellness is because I've had all these struggles. And so I want you to know that if you're struggling with something, chances are that there's millions of people out there who also we're all human like we we have so much in common it's like crazy and that's one of the things I love about social media is that we get to connect on the things that you know we have in common together and we get to you know experience life together and share our stories and so just remember that um you when you're when you're dealing with um your nutrition I really want you to remember that it's personalized. So while you might read something on social media or even if it's hearing something from me, like you always want to be like, oh, interesting. Okay, that's data. That's information. Let me think about how this relates to me, how this could help me, how this would affect me, maybe how this wouldn't be great for me. Because when people talk about how great soy is or if they're eating like copious amounts of beans, oh, that was my point because I talked about beans. I can have a quarter cup of beans and that is it. If I have more than like about quarter cup, you know, half a cup of beans at a at a meal, it, it, it affects my digestive system. It's like in not a good way. Like it's not just gas. It's like I get constipated. Okay, there I said it. So It has the opposite effect of what like good, healthy amounts of fiber can do, but from that specific food. So I really, really, I hope, I I didn't see this as a prediction, but I hope that we just can get personal with our nutrition and I want to find, I want to bring somebody on, like a guest on who can really speak to this. Like, I mean, I, I really think that for women, it is so personal because it's how how much stress do we have in our life? What are our digestive woes? What are our sensitivities to food? Like I really think that we need to become aware of how our what we eat affects us like on a, you know, physical level like so that we know like what foods to avoid, not because we care about our weight because we want to feel good, because we know how our body works and what our body works well with. We want to put the right fuel into our body. Anyways, that was a long long little diatribe off from protein, but I think we're going to see a lot of talk about plant-based protein. It's already out there, but I would say like, let's focus on the whole food plant proteins, not just like the protein powders. There are great plant-based protein powders out there, but the whole food has the fiber and has all the magic in there that makes your gut health just like glow. Um, But I think protein is going to be a continuing huge trend into 2024, which is great because it's very beneficial and it's a very important macronutrient. Um, but it's not the only thing we should be eating. <laughs> okay. Like we don't need to be eating like 60 grams of protein at every meal. That's so ridiculous. Um, okay. Number 10, 
body skincare routines. I'm excited about this one. I don't know about you, but these are like anti-aging formulas like like body butters and oils that are going to be for the neck down. And I think we're really going to see a rise because, you know, skincare routines are huge. We all love to watch them. We all have our own little skincare routine. And I think that there's been this huge trend for the last couple of years on skincare and our face. But what about like the rest of our body, you know? And I personally, I don't do it regularly, but dry brushing, body scrubs soaks like how can we like treat our like full body with the luxury of the skincare that we use on our face you know and how can we create a routine around that so I think we're going to see a lot of like evening body care routines and things like that which are going to be so fun because there's such incredible creators out there that just make it so vibey and cool and like you know just binge worthy to watch and I think we're going to see a lot of products coming out that are contain you know um, either retinol or healthy alternatives to retinol that women can focus on like whole body skincare and think that's going to be really really fun Um, so that's it you guys those are the 10 wellness trends to watch out for in 2024 Um, I hope that you got inspired and learned something and I'm so excited so Before we close out for this episode, I just want to say thank you to all my listeners and everybody who supported the show in its first season. It's not easy to launch something new. It's not easy to learn, you know, a new modality of of content creation. I was nervous. I was like, how am I going to just sit there and talk and not really ever interviewed people on a, you know, kind of a professional level? Like, am I going to do a good job? And it's just been such a great experience. I have learned so much. And for 2024, I really want to focus on women. I want to bring women on and have them share their stories I want to go deeper with that Um, so although I love bringing on wellness experts and things like that I just want to bring on some people and like talk about motherhood or talk about you know what we're going through in life and hormones or you know shopping whatever it is I really do think it's important for us to share our stories and for women to have a platform to share their voice so that's the direction the show is headed in Um, we'll still be talking about wellness we'll still be talking about um, mindset we'll still be talking about motivation but my guests this year are going to be women and we're going to, um, you know, have conversations around different topics and I'll be interviewing people um, from all over who are women and who have a story to share. So you can look forward to that. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Please uh, rate the show. Give it five stars. It really helps. Um, and also share, share, leave a review if you so feel um, like doing so. I really appreciate that. I'll see you next time. Come say hi to me over on Instagram at Meg Wellness. Let me know um, if you have, if you would like to nominate anybody to come on the show, if you have anybody in mind, if you would like to come on the show and tell your story, um, send me a DM over on Instagram at Meg Wellness and we can chat. Or you can email me. Um, my email is Meg Seibel, M-E-G-S-E-I-B-E-L at gmail.com. You can get into my inbox and we can talk about it. See you later. Bye.